called to the booth. Akeem Tlaib here. We got Ian Harditz from PFF joining us talking fantasy football. And Lieb is still hitting on these teasers. We got our best bets. Paul, drop that beat. Harrison Sanford, the key to lead. This is Call to the Booth, and we're going to review everything that happened in Week 7 in the fantasy football world and look ahead to Week 8 with Ian Harditz of PFF. But before we do that, a key. We all watched the game this past week. We watched a bunch of games. But there was a significant touchdown pass that was thrown in the end zone. Tom Brady to Mike Evans, 600th touchdown pass. And all of a sudden, Mike Evans just gives it away to a man <laughs> in the stands. Just like it's a regular Tom Brady touchdown pass. Little did he know that it was, again, his 600 touchdown pass. So the fan gave the ball back, and he was compensated. Yeah. $1,000 credit to the team store. Season tickets for 21-22. Mike Evans signed jersey, Tom Brady helmet, and apparently some Bitcoin as well. A key. Compensated well. Oh, you, I, I said, I, I knew you were, I know you're a hustler. I know you about your yeah. bread. I, th- I would have thought you said he left, he didn't leave there with enough. Well, I mean, you're not going to tell him like, man, I need $250,000 to get this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe you will. But the sports fan in me, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have bribed him for the ball. I would have <laughs> took the season tickets, you know what I'm saying? He want to give me some Bitcoin too? Like, I, that would have been good enough for me. And then I think the dude was like a doctor or something, right? So he wasn't, like, hurting for no cash. You know what I'm saying? As long as they give him season tickets in the same seat that he got the, the ball in, right? Give me season tickets in this seat right here. You know, I, 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 think, I think it was a good trade. Wow. I, yeah, he ain't do nothing for the ball, though, Harris. He just was sitting there as a, as a fan, had a 13 jersey on, he gave him the ball. So, I mean... He didn't have to work out for it. If you had to work out for the ball, then I understand. But he just gave it to you on mistake. So, you know, made that a mistake. Ma- that man had to, I assume that man had to work hard to pay for those tickets. I assume that man yeah. has been dedicating his life to being a fan or at least for a period of time. All look I'm what saying it got him. is. Look what that got him, though. That's fair. Season that's tickets fair. this year, next year. Bitcoin. I don't even know the Bitcoin world, so. That sounds like a small thing. That shit might be $100,000. Now, who knows? You know what I'm saying? It's Bitcoin. I mean, I, I don't know the Bitcoin world, but that could turn into more money than he could ask for. You know what I'm saying? You're you dealing with Tommy now. For sure. Hey, it was a fair trade. I'm just saying he could have won the trade. That's yeah. all. And speaking of trade, we, we could talk about trades when it comes to fantasy football in a bit uh, with Ian Hardis. But before we do that, Touchdown balls were not given away uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend after they got the smackdown put on them by the Tennessee Titans. A key we talked yeah, about did. it just last week. And we said, oh, no, they got a hard schedule. And, yes, the Tennessee Titans are a tough team as well, apparently. But now I'm asking you again. Yeah. Are you worried about the Kansas City Chiefs? All right, I'm getting a little nervous now, man. I ain't going to lie. I'm getting a little worried about them boys. Because I'm looking at their body language, Harrison. The body language is 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 starting to believe that they're sloppy, you know what I'm saying, team who they nervous a little bit. So I, I just see it and they, like, Mahomes, I never seen Mahomes make, they fumble like, what the hell? Like, did that happen again? Like, it's it's they starting to believe it. And I'm telling you, when they say football is just 90% mental, they damn right. They not lying, man, because you would think your way into the playoffs, you would think your way 
them out the league for some people too. So I mean, it's it's super mental, and you can see it written all over the Chiefs' face right now. And that schedule, Raiders, Cowboys. I think it's another tough game in there somewhere. It's like Raiders, Cowboys. The Giants they got kind of a week off. Then it's like Raiders, Cowboys, and another big dog team in there. So that schedule don't get no easier. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get nervous, Harrison. I ain't gonna lie. For sure, and they still have to play the Los Angeles Chargers as well. Um, oh, they also play the Pack Packers are also Packers. On that that's schedule. what it is. Raiders, Packers, Cowboys. Crazy. Yeah, tough tough schedule indeed. Uh, before we get to Ian, I, I'm, I'm now I'm curious on the spot question here. Do you remember a specific time uh, or a specific team player where you saw the mental aspect negatively impact them? for the entirety of, like, as the season went out? Or <laughs> can you identify a moment? Do you, did one come to your mind? Man, I remember my, what, my rookie year, right? We was 9-3 and three starting December, and the morale of the building was crazy. It was, a, it was a party. It was like, I'm like, this the NFL. It's crazy in here, right? Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, I'm talking, uh, Gruden was the coach. Crazy in this building. We 9-3. and three, We serving everybody. We win one more game. We go to the playoffs. We went to, to Carolina. Them boys ran for like 240 yards on us, right? And, and the look in the building on that Monday was just a little different. It was everybody was quiet a little bit. And people started getting tight. You know what I'm saying? It just changed. Then we lost again. Then it started getting even worse. And then we lost again. It was like, we got to win this last game to go to the playoffs. And you could just see from that first loss, they rushed for 240 on us. It just started changing. And you could start seeing people look around like, man, hold on. We got these. It was four hard games in, in December. And you just seen the life just get took out the building. And I don't think the life went back into that building until Tom got there, for real. Mm. Yeah, two, giving up that many yards on the ground will do it to you. Um, okay, let's go to Ian Hardis. Before we do that, let's go down to your uh, power rankings. Cardinals at number one, Bucks at number two, Dallas Cowboys at number three, Los Angeles Rams at number four, Green Bay Packers, who seem to be with, who will probably be without Devontae Adams for Thursday Night Football at number five. Ian, right. thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you just heard Aki talk about uh, the Chiefs, and I know you have a phrase, uh, you can't predict the future, but you can tell the data. What is the data <laughs> telling you about those Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, uh, great to be back, guys. With the Chiefs, I actually think one of my coworkers uh, put it the best, Mike Renner, who's like our lead uh, draft guy. And we're starting to get these like 2017 to 2019 Aaron Rodgers vibes from Mahomes, where it just seems like he thinks he can overcome any single play by getting out of the pocket and making magic happen. And hell, guys, like if I could... I'm not surprised. Like, we've all seen the plays the dudes put on film over the years. But, man, like, we saw the Buccaneers really make him look mortal for the first time in the Super Bowl. And you can't make up for, like, an entire season's worth of disappointment with one play. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with the keep here. My concern is getting a bit higher there. In terms of just the overall power rankings, I mean, if we just want to look at the simplest way to kind of rank teams, I do think it is point differential. Number one in the league is Arizona with plus 111. Number two the Buffalo Bills at plus 105. So that would be my only kind of question here. Like, where's the respect for the Bills? I know they couldn't Man, take I, down the Titans, but see, still a pretty my, damn good squad. In my end, in my, in my power rankings, right, it's like college. Fresh losses had you down bad, you know what I'm saying? So it's a fresh <laughs> loss. Enough. 
you could work your way back up. You know what I'm saying? You just win two, three in a row. The Packers probably going to lose or the Cardinals going to lose. One of those teams going to take an L on Thursday. So, you know, it's just like it's just like college, man. It's, it's what have you done for me lately. That's there how we go. get Iowa being a fraudulent number two exactly. for a couple weeks. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you be there for – it might be fraudulent, and as the, as the season go on, you start to really see those teams, you know what I'm saying, Fair separate themselves. Speaking of what they have close, you done though. for they me? Like, they like six right now, though. They, they right there. Speaking of what you've done for me lately, Jamar Chase has absolutely gone berserk. Uh, the entirety of the season, and most recently against Marlon Humphrey and those Baltimore Ravens. Akeem, I know you were watching the game, and I know you sent out a tweet uh, calling him the offensive uh, rookie of the year. Uh, and Ian's based in uh, Cincinnati as well, Bengals fan, as he does his coverage for PFF. Uh, Ian, before Akeem re- replies, what are you seeing from Jamar Chase um, statistically that's impressed you so far? I mean... It's him and Justin Jefferson in consecutive years have been so ridiculously good as rookies that we just need to realize like they're already in the top 10 wide receiver conversation. Get Mm -hmm. experience out of here. Pick a stat, any stat, and we're looking at a legit top 10, if not even higher, wide receiver. So one of the best stats I think we have for just talking about wide receiver production at PFF is yards per route run. Number one in the league is Jamar Chase, and he's right there with Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and Devontae Adams as the only guys over three yards per route run. So you really can't name a more efficient receiver this year than Jamar Chase. And just from the eye test, I thought last week was his most uh, impressive game because, yeah, he was beating everything. Everyone vertical, it seemed like, in the first five, six weeks of the year. But what was going to happen when he finally had someone like Marlon Humphrey, who can play mm-hmm. press man, get up in your face and make things difficult? Well, we saw what happened. It didn't even matter. It's like the guy mm-hmm. wasn't even there. So, yeah, on the year in fantasy land, Jamar Chase is the wide receiver three. If you only look at his targets and his expected um, production, he actually comes in as the wide receiver 22. So he has been like the biggest, quote-unquote, overachiever among wide receivers. But... We've also seen Burroughs start to throw the ball around a little bit more. And, I mean, come on, guys. Like, we don't want to trade away one of the top guys in the game. So, Chase has been putting up bonkers numbers, but I don't see a big reason uh, to suggest that they're about to go down anytime soon. Akeem, what you see Sunday? Man, Chase a big dog, man. I, I That was his first real test. Ian said it. That was the first time he had a big dog follow him around left to right. A lot of man coverage. Now, you know, the Ravens going to play a little man coverage, right? And he killed Humphreys. <laughs> it was, I mean, no other word for it. He demolished him, slants, deep balls, back shoulders, digs. He caught everything on him, and he made that first test look easy. He got an easy A-plus on that. And Humphreys is one of the best guys to shadow a guy, be physical, Versus big receivers, I might go. I might go Jalen. I might go uh, Trey. Uh, maybe Tre'Davious White. Then I might go Humphrey. As far as following the guy, you know what I'm saying? Who I'm? A, I need you to follow this guy. Might throw Jair in there, but Humphrey is one of my top five guys. I'm a. I'm a sick on the guy, right? And Chase just whooped him, man. He whooped him like it was easy. You know what I'm saying? So. First, first, first test. He killed this first test, man. Looked like a real big dog on Sunday, Harrison. So yeah, he's looking like a big dog. Other guys in the in this offense, I think a lot of people would agree, are is a very talented wide receiver unit, or just pass catchers talented on the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, this We're getting to this point in the season now, Ian, when it comes to fantasy football, where teams are either feeling very confident in where they are in the league, or some teams still feel like they can make a playoff push. Um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama, maybe even maybe you could talk about Joe Mixon as well. If you have those guys or if those guys are available in your league, are, are you trading them? Are you giving them away? What are you doing with those fantasy football assets? Because we know what we're doing with, with Jamar Chase. He's untouchable. So real quick on Joe Mixon, uh, I was working on my running back article before I came on here and very surprising week seven usage. He got the late touchdown stuff and he's still their dominant early down back, but he only played on one of their 14 third downs last week. Samaj P. Ryan was actually being used as the pass down back. And I thought Chris Evans has arguably been their best pass down back this year. He wasn't being used on offense due to a hamstring injury. So Mixon, look, they're about to face, I believe, the Jets this week, the league's single worst defense. And PPR. You better have Mixon there. Yeah, exactly. Mixon's going to blow up this week. But if we see this pass down usage continue to kind of really go downward, that's going to put him a little bit more like that Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor type of back where, hey, he's good enough to make the most out of 15, you know, 18 touches per game in the right matchup. But we're not getting that just cheat code level target volume that guys like Najee Harris have. So wouldn't be against selling high on Mixon after this week. With that said, I think T. Higgins is the guy we want to go out and get. We know the guy is a great player. We saw that last Last year and we've seen flashes this year he's just been a little bit banged up and the larger issue has been jamar chase just sucking the volume out of everyone in this offense the good news is in recent weeks we have seen burrow get back to throwing the ball more like that's why all these guys are ranked so high by myself and others in the preseason because burrow was number one in dropbacks last year in the entire league before he got hurt they brought him along slowly makes sense you know franchise quarterback don't want to put too much on his plate coming off that acl injury but last week higgins 15 targets when Burrow finally threw the ball 38 times in a blowout. So um, one of the better ways I think we can almost predict future blowups is by looking at the difference in the guy's receiving yards and air yards. All air yards are is, you know, if we throw a 50-yard bomb to Higgins and he doesn't catch it, that's 50 air yards even though he didn't get the receiving yards out of it. So it's a good way to tell who's getting those fantasy-friendly downfield opportunities. Only Marquise Brown had more quote unquote unrealized air yards last week. So, man, it might not take longer than week eight for Higgins to blow up, try yeah. to get him on your squad before that happens. I, I feel yep. that too. And, and Higgins going to start getting more targets because here in a minute, that safety going to be all the way over on Jamar <laughs> Chase Hash, bro. It's going to be one on one backside. I'm telling you, that's, that's what type of receiver Jamar Chase is turning into. One of them, one of them Randy Moss type. Where you got to go. It ain't no know where he is and lean. No, go stand on his hash all the way if we call cover one. You know what I'm saying? It's going to come to that soon. Speaking of guys who are going off at the wide receiver position, Cooper Cup, every week he continues to go in. Another two touchdowns for him this week as Matthew Stafford and the Rams beat their former team in Jared Goff uh, and the Detroit Lions. And they pulled out all the stops to try and win that game. keep as you watch that game, um, and what you're seeing from Cooper Cup, did you expect him to take this next step? I mean, you knew he was good, but like the, the connection with Matthew Stafford and him continues to go up to a level that maybe we didn't predict going into the season. Yeah, I, I practiced with this man, so I actually seen his movement. I was doing the game on Amazon, and I was trying to explain to uh, Andrew Hawkins, like, because Hawk made the statement, like, I don't think the Rams got a real number one of the Devontae type. You know, a Diggs type of receiver who could really be a number one. I say, boy, you crazy. <laughs> Cooper Cup got crazy movement, bro. He got crazy movement. And 
The thing that you really don't know is he bigger than me. He he a legit 6'2", 215. That's why you don't, you don't really understand how big he is. I remember we were sitting down, me and Marcus Peters were sitting down, Cooper Cup eating a big-ass pot of, sp- like, a bowl of spaghetti. We like, damn, Cooper. Like, we playing around and shit. Like, you got the munchies, bro? What's going on, bro? He like, nah, I got to eat. Like, man, I'm 215. We said, hold on, bro. You not 215, bro. He like, man, I'm 215. I went in at 216 today. I got to stay up around. I had no – I played on his team, and I had no idea that he was that big, right? Man, he, he, he easily could be a number one receiver – and dominate. So I figured once they got Stafford over there, more of a passing type guy, he going to pick somebody who he like, and he going to get him the most targets. So it's Cooper Cup. I knew that's the guy he'd pick. Ian, what you got? <laughs> I mean, you look at the numbers, man. He's on pace for 136 catches, 1,965 yards, and 22 scores. He, If you put up those numbers and no one else is you know, even coming close, it's hard not to call the guy an elite wide receiver one. And right. look, I would say in his first year or two in the league, I did wonder, like, okay, how much of this is Cup being awesome? How much of this is Sean McVay being an offensive right. mastermind? But it was that one play he had against the Saints a couple years ago where he broke, like, five freaking tackles. And I was like, oh, okay, this is not a volume hog, like, just guy getting his numbers from a lot of targets. This guy is a bona fide beast out there. And yeah, that's yeah. why I can't figure out this year how it's so easy for him every week. Again, like I'm taking nothing away from the guy. I know how good he is, but like eight of his nine touchdowns this year have been like borderline walk-ins, like these design plays inside the 10 where there's nobody within even five yards for him. So one of the things I love uh, with PFF, you know, when I go back and just make sure to watch every game every week, I'm taking notes, trying to quantify the stuff we're seeing on the film so we do have separation metrics to see when guys are open or wide open and cooper cup this year eight touchdowns where he's been considered open or wide open nobody else has more than five so at this point guys i mean cup league high 79 targets we know he's a great player and sean mcveigh is freaking making him and matthew stafford the basically basically new age version of a uh, megatron stafford so he checks every single box and yeah if he's not an elite wide receiver one i don't know who is See, that tell you something, too, Ian, how you wide open, wide-ass open eight for eight touchdowns, right? That's because, you see, remember the remember the, right, the route that him and Hunter Renfro, remember he scored oh, on that route, but it's, yeah. it's plays like that. He creates so much separation. It's because that movement, bro, I'm telling you. <laughs> and the other one, it's another one. They put him at number three all the time. He always run over, over, over. This time he faked over and went and went outside of the bunch and caught that easy little touchdown. Yeah. Telling you, it's it's he killed the DB. It's just that <laughs> movement. He got real, real dance moves on that field, and and you wouldn't expect that because he a white dude, right? I'm telling you, he he got moves like real rhythm out here, Harrison. I'm telling you, that's why he always wide open. Uh, one last thing. I love some of the usage. They've a couple times even lined them up at running back and just basically let them run option routes out of the backfield. I've seen the mm-hmm. uh, Panthers do it with DJ Moore about Christian McCaffrey's been out. We got CD Lamb getting a couple mm-hmm. random uh, carries here and there. He got a, yeah. he got a tote, too. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, just, I mean, get these guys these easy design touches. There's no easier right. position to get the ball to than running back, so why not use some of your best wide receivers there for a snap or two? So point blank period where you heard you guys heard it from the pros. When it comes to Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, ain't no way you're gonna get them off of somebody else's roster. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. But there's no sell high moment. These guys are gonna stay where they are uh, because they're talented and because of their quarterbacks slash uh, offense systems that they're in. Might be a chance to get T. Higgins though, 
uh, while he's out there or you're somebody who's offering him for a decent price. Uh, when we put together this rundown, Ian and Akib, it seemed like an ideal opportunity to buy low on Aaron Jones because A.J. Dillon started to get more and more carries out the backfield. Uh, he hasn't had one. He's only had one game over 100 rushing yards this season. And then Devontae Adams is put on the COVID list. So buying low is really not going to be an option for Aaron Jones because it <laughs> seems like a lot of the offense is going to go through him. Uh, Ian, can you give me your take, though, on assuming that Devontae Adams comes back for one game, what do you think about the uh, Aaron Jones' long season prospects as a fantasy football uh, asset? So the issue with him, it's not even that big of a problem because he is still the PPR RB11 on a per game basis and the same thing and expected. So he has been putting up RB1 numbers. We just haven't seen him be the top five guy that we've seen, excuse me, in a lot of recent years. So really the bigger issue I think is the pass down usage. When Dylan came, I kind of expected him to take away most of those same carries that Jamal Williams got last year. But Jones is not only on pace for fewer rush attempts than last year, he's also on pace for fewer targets, which for the life of me, I can't understand because I think out of all the running backs in the league, you know, I think your Ecklers of the world might be a little bit better, but Jones really stands out as someone that can do so much more than just catch screens and check downs and stuff. I mean, going into this year, only Eckler and Naeem Hines average more yards per out run than Jones when he's lined up in the slot or out wide. The Packers just don't consistently ask him to do that. When you can throw the ball to Devontae Adams, I, I get why you don't necessarily need to involve too many other guys. But now with Devontae potentially out of the picture for one, we'll see if any more weeks, but at least for Thursday night, man, you can you only need one hand to count the number of running backs you want ahead of this guy because we've seen Jones without Devontae Adams rip off RB1, RB15, RB7, RB1, RB31, RB7, most recently RB1 weekly finishes. So, you know, we see this offense really just feed Devontae more than anyone else. You take Devontae off the field, all of a sudden Aaron Jones is your number one player. Player, no questions asked. So yeah, it hasn't been ideal that we have him again, the huge rushing usage, but in fantasy land, that pass down work is all that matters because we're giving mm-hmm. a full point per reception. So I don't really agree that that best reflects reality, but it's the game we play. And historically you need about 2.7 carries to equal the expected value you get from just one target. So if Jones can just, you know, be used almost as Green Bay's version of an Alvin Kamara, of an Austin Eckler, that's really going to unlock that top five upside that we already know he has. So it sounds like it's some he's somebody who could potentially go off this week against uh, in, in their game against the Cardinals. And if he does, you could potentially sell him high, or you know, or at least not undervalue him if he if you end up putting him on the market. Akeem and Ian don't want to keep Ian here for too long, so I'm just going to go through this really really quick. Both of you guys, I'll go back and forth. Just say buy or sell. Ready? I'll go with a keep first. I know, I know what you know what he keeps going to say because he got him. DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift. You better buy him. He's been on my team going ham for me. Talking about going crazy for me. So, hey, he do numbers out the backfield, man. He probably only get like 50, 60 rushing yards a game. But like Ian said, he a fool out the backfield, catching a bunch of passes, catching touchdowns too. So, you better buy Swift. Ian? 
He's on pace for, yeah, by 100%. He's on pace for 114 targets in 16 game pace this year. Like Kamara <laughs> never got over 107. This is one of the most fantasy-friendly roles we have. Funny thing, guy, and look, we don't we don't care when the points come, but he is kind of like the Jalen Hurts of running backs at this point because if you yeah. look at it by quarter. The end Swift, game. <laughs> yeah, like he's only had 29 fantasy points in the first quarter, 20 in the second, 31 in the third, and then 57 in the fourth. So, hey, See, they that, all count the That's same. the thing, though, Ian. Look, that's their setup. The Lions yeah. going to be getting their ass beat, right? <laughs> so then everybody going to go to their prevent cover four, and you just check it down to Swift, and he break tackles that's when and he gets a bunch of yards. <laughs> that's when he eat, bro. As soon as the Lions start getting their ass beat, now Swift going to eat every week. Uh, some controversy there with the quarterback situation with the Carolina Panthers. P.J. Walker was inserted as the quarterback as they lost to that, that game against the New York Giants. Christian McCaffrey, we think he's coming back at some point rather soon. Uh, real quick, Ian, buy or sell? DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Buying DJ Moore, I just can't figure this out. Robbie at this point, guys, I know he's not a bad receiver. We've seen enough flashes over the years, but these targets, I mean, I've been talking about these expected fantasy points versus reality, and there has not been a bigger underachiever than Robbie Anderson all season mm -hmm. long. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the real Sam Darnold kind of showing up here. He's actually, he had a better PFF grade in two of his three seasons with the Jets than he does at this point. So fun first uh, three weeks of the year, but, you know, clock has struck midnight, I think, on Darnold's uh, comeback um, fairy tale. But yeah, DJ Moore, again, mostly we just want volume, guys. And DJ Moore is tied for second in the entire league in targets. So Robbie, he's been getting a nice boost. I think that's had to do, do a lot with Christian McCaffrey being out and then even Terrence Marshall last week. So DJ Moore, I'm fine to buy low on this, you know, small little um, dud stretch he's had. But Robbie, I think at some point they're just going to start going away from him a little bit more. And before we go to Akeem's no-fly zone power rankings, uh, I mean, if you can identify a guy who's either on the waiver wire now or uh, has been over the past one or two weeks that you really, really like, you encourage people to get on their rosters as they go through this pivotal stretch in fantasy football seasons. Yeah, I think Michael Carter, if he happens to still be out there for you, you know, let a lot of people down. I think early in the year that we're treating him as this top 30 running back from the get-go. And then the Jets had their week six bye. Wasn't necessarily someone you needed to hold over. But we see this, you know, kind of happened with Swift uh, last year, speaking of the guy where after a team's bye, you know, you get the extra week to learn the playbook or, or what have you. And the rookie kind of takes on the bigger role in the first game out. So 72% snaps from Michael Carter last week with 11 carries and eight targets. I know the Jets are terrible. So the Lions. And when you have a running back getting all that volume, it's hard to bust too much in fantasy land. So I think Carter is going to be a useful, you know, top 25 option at the position more weeks than not. I think, though, uh, one of the nice stories that we have coming is everyone that, you know, blew all the fab, all your waiver priority on Elijah Mitchell in week two. He got the shoulder injury afterwards. We didn't know what was going on in that San Fran backfield. We've now had two straight weeks, even after Mitchell came back from that shoulder injury, where he has been the undisputed RB1 ahead of Trey Sermon, ahead of Jermichael Hasty. So it's been annoying with Mitchell. I know he hasn't been the every week RB1 that you use all that fab to get him. But hey, I think we're good now, and he should be a consistent top 20 option here moving forward. One of the things that Ian does over there at PFF, they know, he doesn't just discuss fantasy football, he does, discusses DFS as well. And one of the things that we like to do here as well, as you guys have been listening, is target certain secondaries for our DFS picks or target, target certain uh, running defenses uh, for our DFS picks as well. Akib, if you could tell Ian what your no-fly zone power rankings are going into this week, and if mm -hmm. Ian, you could kind of uh, 
give your thoughts on that, and then identify uh, the weaker ones, the ones that we should be targeting when we want to put a guy in a DFS lineup and then some cash by the end of the weekend. What you got, All right, keep? so I got, I got no fly zone. First, I got the Cowboys. Now, I know the Cowboys give up yards, but they lead the league in picks, baby. So, you know, you lead the league in picks. You're number one in my book. You know what I'm saying? I got the Cardinals. The Cardinals, they don't let you score, man. That's why. That's that's the main reason they up there. Uh, and then they got Byron Murphy. He following guys around. He's starting to come out that shell. You know what I'm saying? I like I like what Byron Murphy is doing right now. And they getting a lot of interceptions as well. Got the Rams up there. You know what the Rams doing, man. They like the perfect team defense, man. You know what coverage they going to play. They run that shit anyway, and you can't throw the ball over their head, man. So I love what the Rams doing. The Bills... The Bills playing number one pass D in the league. They don't give up nothing. Uh, they got about one and a half games where they really got killed. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only reason they really at four. And then the Saints. I like what the Saints doing. I just love how the Saints play, man. They go out there and strap you up, play man. And they got a bunch of interceptions as well. So that's my top five uh, secondaries as of right now. Yeah, I hate to see uh, Marshawn Lattimore just get absolutely jobbed on that no OPI call last night. Yeah, that cap threw yeah, the dude was, on the ground. He just Come fell. On. He really, he really just lost his foot and then fell down. But you know, after that, DK had ten yards, man. So yeah. you know what time it is with exactly. Lattimore. Yeah, he's been playing great, man. He really locked up Adams week one as well. He's had some mm-hmm. nice games this year. I, I think, honestly, like if, yeah, you said it, man. The Cowboys are the only one that we don't mind as much in fantasy land. And it's the yards and it's just the reality. You know, they're kicking the shit out of most of the teams they play, yeah. putting their so, opponent just in comeback exactly. mode. So, exactly. Yeah. So you're going to give up an extra 80 yards and when you're beating the hell out of people, man. So, you know, unless there's no fly zone. Wade did not play that shit. Hey, we whooping their ass. We not going to just start letting them throw the ball downfield now. If we want to be number one, we got to win in these situations. That's how Wade used to be on us. You know what I'm saying? So, hey. But other teams, you get up a lot of points, man. You, you, you tend to give up that extra 60 to 80 passing yards. So, that's why the Cowboys on there. It's cool. But, I mean, we can see them even get better, though, because the fact they're being this good and Demarcus Lawrence hasn't played since week one is absolutely wild. I mean, that's like with the Cardinals, you know, Chandler Jones. I know he's been in and out, but you got him and J.J. Watt wreaking havoc at the line. The Rams got Aaron Donald, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, Saints Cam Jordan. So if you put back a true difference maker on the line of scrimmage, you know, PFF, we have done some studies over the years that it's like if you had to pick one between coverage and pass rush, the idea is that you should favor coverage because the quarterback can always get the ball out quicker than that pass rush is going to get there but of course we want both if we can you know uh, get that done so best version of this Cowboys defense is awfully scary for sure and then Ian if you could identify us what secondaries are we targeting in fantasy football DFS when we're Mm -hmm. betting what secondaries like yo we want them guarding our bet this wide receiver who who we pick Jets (laughs) can't go wrong there so the bottom five defenses just in pure fantasy points allowed to wide receivers have been the titans the football team the dolphins the cowboys and the steelers some of that a little bit fluky you know miami's had byron jones xavian howard in and out of the lineup they got toasted by the buccaneers who doesn't get toasted by the buccaneers these days so the bigger thing Yeah, exactly. So the bigger thing I think moving forward is let's just target the AFC South guys because, well, again, uh, behind the scenes that we have is contested target rate. Literally the bottom four teams in the fewest amount of targets they've contested, 
Colts, Texans, Titans, and Jaguars. So, hey, credit to the Titans. You know, they've had back-to-back, like, awesome wins. And clearly, you know, I was ready to treat the AFC South almost like uh, the NFC East last year or that um, one Seahawks team where Marshawn got his beast quake. uh, Marshawn got the beast quake touchdown, but they were a 7-9 team in the playoffs. I thought that's kind of what we were looking at with this year's AFC South, but Titans offense is good enough to avoid that. Not so much on the defense. So if you got a wide receiver going up against the AFC South, start that man. <laughs> very, very, very good to know. I will definitely target that. I'm writing that down. Get some chips uh, for this weekend. And before we get out of here, finally, we do this show for our, our Broncos fans back in Denver. We'll be specifically uh, talk about the Denver Broncos who are going through a little rough patch right now. From a fantasy football perspective, how are you viewing Vic Vangio's team? Yeah, so I think the big... The big one that everyone wants to know is like when is Javante Williams going to take over this backfield? And it's not that Melvin Gordon has been bad. I do think he kind of gets a bad rap. People just think he's this wash player. Like he's still solid, but Javante is literally number one in the NFL in misforced tackles per carry this year. It seems like every week he has, you know, he's jumping over a guy. He's got a monster run. He's making big things happen. So to see him only have four carries last Thursday night, just inexcusable. But it's not exactly looking like that takeover is going to happen anytime time soon so 2022 and beyond should be all wheels up for Javante but for right now gonna be tough to treat either guy as more than an RB3 and honestly you know sorry Broncos fans but at least in fantasy land things are just a little too crowded to feel good about Cortland Sutton great receiver and he's number one in the NFL in air yards I mean Teddy has not been afraid to launch that thing downfield to Sutton all season long But when we bring back Jerry Judy, who, as we saw in week one before he got hurt, was looking an awful awful lot like their number one receiver, it just muddles everything involved. So, you know, it's been a rough stretch for them. I think it's just coincided with them finally playing some tougher defenses. If we can get the Teddy Bridgewater that was out there in weeks one through three, I think Sutton and Judy can give us some borderline wide receiver two value more weeks than not. But if this offense kind of keeps screeching to a halt the way it has been, you know, might end up being a situation where none of these guys are people we feel all that confident in on a week-to-week basis. Mm. Akeem, you got any Broncos on your fantasy teams? Mm, nope. Not, not a bad thing. <laughs> not one. Don't have one. You have the defense. There you go. Nah, I got, I got. I don't have the defense. Remember, I got the Rams defense. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I got the Rams. Y'all clown me. Remember, y'all clown me when I picked Swift in the Rams defense, and yeah, going yeah. crazy for me now. So I'm yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's uh. I'm just five and one, Ian. I'm just at the top of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's for another show, though, man. You know, <laughs> I'm just serving. I, I was I was very judgmental of Akeem's selections. I it's biting me in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Ian, we enjoy everything that you do uh, for PFS. uh, PFS, if you guys have not listened to the podcast, you definitely should. He is on point, and he's helped me win a lot of my leagues. We talk a lot of shit that I do in my home league. Uh, Ian Harditz of PFS, thank you again. I'm sure we'll see you again at some some point. Might be able to catch Akeem over there on his show as well at some point as well. So, uh, Ian, enjoy your time. Be safe. And uh, I know you're in Cincinnati, and I used to cover the Bengals, so... Go Bengals, go Joe Burrow, go Jamar Chase. <laughs> and go Auden oh, Tate, God. one of the most underrated wide receiver fours in the NFL. That's my last uh, thing I wanted to get off my chest. <laughs> good talking to you guys as always. Have a good one. Appreciate it, bro. Going to stick with our theme of fantasy football and betting and trying to get your money up for the weekend uh, by doing our survivor picks, our DFS picks, our best bets. We're going to roll them over right now 
Last week, we hit the jackpot again. Well, not the jackpot, but we made some money. Hopefully you did. We're going to try and do that same thing one more time. Paul Aspen, our producer, is going to join us for this segment of the show. And we are still live in Survivor. We're surviving. Uh, I'm going to give you a recap. Yes, indeed. We're going to give you a recap, and then Paul's going to run through our options uh, for week number eight. Week one, we picked the Rams versus the Bears. Week two, we picked the Browns versus the Texans. Week three, Broncos beat the Jets. Four, Bills beat the Texans. Patriots beat the Texans in week five because we love to pick on the Texans. Week six, Steelers beat the Seahawks in overtime, and the Bucks beat all over Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears this weekend. So we're up to week eight and still trying to stay alive and win some bread by the end of the season. Paul, what we got for week number eight? So we got a couple options. The most obvious is the Bengals against the Jets. Now, before we automatically pick that, I will ask the five-time Pro Bowler, keep how many times do you play back-to-back-to-back road games? And what was that third game like? Mm, I have to think about that. But uh, uh, road games is for good teams. Honestly, road games is kind of relaxing. For real. If you a good team, like for that Broncos team, I bet you it was a time where we played three back-to-back road games. And I bet you we won all three of them. Okay. Because the Bengals, this is their third road game. So that's the only reason I bring it up. But again, it's the Bengals and the Jets. So the Bengals seem like the obvious pick. Right. The, the other options are the Chargers going to New England, coming off a bye. But again, look, I will say the Patriots beat Justin Herbert. It was Anthony Lynn, but beat Justin Herbert and the uh, Chargers 45 to nothing last year. So just as an FYI, the Chiefs that are kind of leaking oil against the Giants, but it is the Giants Monday night football primetime game. Everyone always kind of gets up for those primetime games. But again, Chiefs could be an option. Eagles, Lions, honestly, Harrison, I don't even know which side. We would take in this one. <laughs> and same with the Panthers and the Falcons. I mean, the Panthers look terrible, but sometimes yeah. I see these games. I'm like, which side are we taking? Right. Well, you know the hey, Panthers going to score 30. You know they're going to score 30 because they're playing the Falcons. Everybody, the Falcons play score 30. So right. that game going to be 33 to 31. We don't know who's going to win, though. So a couple we can't use. We already used the Rams. They've got the Texans this week. We just used the Bucks. They've got the Saints. I don't even know if I like that spot that much. No, nah, I don't Bucks. like that spot neither. So Bengals or, I guess, Chargers or Chiefs? Well, guys, <laughs> I don't think it's too hard because <laughs> I would say, you know, the Chiefs might be something to talk about, but, you know, we've been doing this betting, and the underdogs on primetime been going crazy. Yep. So I could just see the Chiefs receivers – fumbling three times or doing something crazy and making them guys lose on primetime. But the underdogs on primetime been going crazy. You know what I'm saying? For all the betters out there, keep that in mind. Underdogs been going crazy on primetime. So I think it's easy, man. Got to rock with the Bengals. Yeah. If we're going to survive, it got to be the Bengals. I think that the – go ahead, Aaron. Go I was just going to say, I think – like, I believe in the Bengals. I think the Bengals are – really good i don't think this is just like oh they got hot a couple of times like i think the Bengals are a very mm-hmm. good football team well, like so team. If, if we're believing in the that the Bengals are a good team then we got to believe in them in this spot whereas i think like Easy. maybe the perception is like oh they're the same old Bengals, and like they're playing the jets so i will say the look ahead line for this game was three and a half it's jumped up to ten and a half but i think the Bengals and joe burrow go and take care of business in, in new york too many so, winners they got winners yeah. in the building now they got, man yep. they gotta tell you winning is a skill Everywhere Burrow has been, he has won. And I, I'm, 
winning is a skill, man. What about you? I'm gonna be uh, a great GM one day. (laughs) I'm I'm rolling with Joe Burrow. I actually used to shoot his. I used to shoot film his high school football games when I used to work out in Ohio. So it's kind of cool to see him uh, elevate to this status. They're gonna be all over the Jets. You was filming him high school. Was he winning? Yes, (laughs) just like he always does. Um, They went to the state champion. They went to the state championship that year. I was covering them. Uh, at the good old Ohio State of the good old horseshoe. So let's do a stress-free Sunday. Let's roll with the Bengals over the Jets. We'll move on to week nine and we'll worry about... Yeah, we'll worry about what we got to do in week nine when week nine is there. All right, so we're going to roll with the Cincinnati Bengals over the Jets. And now let's go ahead and look over week seven, what happened when we made our DFS picks. We are on like a three, four-week roll now when it comes to these good calls, again, from Akeem Tlaib. Alvin Kamara went off last night against Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. Damian Harris got a touchdown against the Jets. Aaron no. Rodgers touchdown passes against the Washington football team. Matthew Stafford did Matthew Stafford things against his former team. DeAndre Hopkins, not only did he get a touchdown versus his former team, the Houston Texans, he got the first touchdown. Calvin Ridley, not too many yards. Xavier Howard back in uh, motion for the Miami Dolphins, but he did catch a touchdown. Zach Ertz, he's a tight end. He played against the Houston Texans. He scored a touchdowns because that's what a touchdown, that's what a tight end does against the Houston Texans, scores mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh, the only miss was Darren Waller, and we didn't even know he was on the injury report until Saturday. Right. Uh, so we're excused for that one. Uh, let's move on to week number eight. I'm going to run through them real quick. Running backs that we like in good matchups. DeAndre Swift versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Ezekiel Elliott versus the Minnesota Vikings. Quarterbacks, Josh Allen versus Miami Dolphins, Joe Burrow versus the New York Jets. We talked about that already. Jamar Chase versus the New York Jets. We talked about that. And Mike Williams versus the New England Patriots uh, as another as two wide receivers when it comes down to tight ends. Tyler Higby versus the Houston Texans because he's a tight end versus the Houston Texans. And Travis Kelsey's pretty much the only star at the tight end position who's playing this week with other guys on bye weeks, and they're going against the New York Giants. I want to just pick out one and real quick, Akeem, Mike Williams versus the New England Patriots. People would say, oh, that's the New England Patriots secondary. That's Bill Belichick defense. To identify him as a star that's going to show out would seem, why are you so confident in that? Uh, just, just the pass defense from, uh, from the Patriots. They give up a lot of passing yards. So, you know, you give up a lot of passing yards. You're going against the Chargers. You're going against Justin. You know what I'm saying? You know he's going to throw it around. Mike, kind of his favorite target right now. Mike, Mike will do his thing. He'll go off. Yep, Mike Williams uh, suffering a little back problems right before that bye week. Hopefully the bye week got him right. Paul's going to join us back now. Uh, to review our best bets from last week, and then we'll talk about our best bets for this week, and hope we, hopefully we can keep the streak rolling, at least for two of us. Somebody will have to start a new one. Someone, someone's ice, someone's ice cold right now, but that person is me, not Akib, who is hit. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to blind tail whatever teaser he mentions this week because Akib <laughs> hit another teaser, so I'm already on it, whatever it is. And Akib and Harrison both hit with the Raiders last week. I lost on the football team because Taylor Haneke went down at the one yard line for no reason and some other bullshit. But so keep <laughs> teasers. Here we go. Best bet to pick teaser. We gonna go to Bengals. We gonna tease that to minus four on the road, and we're gonna go the Chiefs at home on Monday night. We gonna tease that to minus four. So you know you got the Chiefs minus four, Bengals minus four. Put down five hundred dollars, you will pick up four hundred and fifty-four dollars. There you go. Nice. Down to the penny. 
tell there you me. go. <laughs> I've been, I I've like been that. picking that up. <laughs> uh, and that then up. I am going to, I, I, you've been so on point that I can't even, I'm not even going to let my opinion, just like <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with, now I've been, I have been kind of riskier with my picks and I'm going to go risky again because I like to live life on the wild side you a little a bit. Drum roll. We gotta, hey, you need a drum roll for this right here, Paul. <laughs> we gonna edit it in. <laughs> yes. After they went for almost every single opportunity to win their game last week, onside kick in the first half, fourth and go, going for it on fourth and on fourth down, fake punts, everything that under the sun to try and win their first game that ended up in a loss for the Detroit Lions against the Los Angeles Rams. They come back home after a spirited loss, if there's such a thing, and get their first win against a faulty run defense from the Philadelphia Eagles with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams running all over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Detroit Lions get their first win. We already know how the offensive line is. We already know how the Eagles' rush defense is. And they're getting three points. Akeem, tell me I'm on the right path. I hate to say it, Harrison. <laughs> I hate to say it, Harrison. But the Eagles going to beat the hell out of the Lions. <laughs> oh, Eagles going to beat the hell out of the Lions. I promise you. Watch this. Jalen Hurts going to have one of these weeks where he go against a weak defense. He going to run for two touchdowns and throw two touchdowns. They going to beat the hell out of the Lions. You know how the Chiefs won their Super Bowl hangover, Harrison? Like, the, the Lions had their Super Bowl last week, and they lost. There's a little bit of a <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl hangover yeah. going this week. Yeah, they got a hangover coming this week for sure. <laughs> it's over with. All right, all right. What if, what if that uh, that line is not going to move in favor? The line's not going to move. So, all right, uh, you know what? But I made my pick. He made I'm his standing pick, on man. It. I'm, saying, I'm standing on it. Prove but, the people wrong. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the Lions win, but I'm seeing plus three in the rundown. So, we take the Lions money line, or are we just taking the three? No, I'm taking. I'll take the three. I'll take. Okay. The three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take all the points I can get at this point. Got need oh, three. three and a half. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I need. I need to bounce back. So I've got an absolute lock this week. So I need it. We saw Mike Evans score three touchdowns. That is a great thing. He had a big game because he is going against Marshawn Lattimore this week, mm-hmm. and this is what Mike's done against Marshawn Lattimore. Six targets, four catches for 64 yards. We'll come back to that game. Four targets, one catch, two yards. Three targets, zero catches, zero yards. Before Harrison goes and facts checks me, yes, two years ago, he did have a eight-target, four-catch, 69-yard game. Marshawn was not in that game. As for the four for 64, all of those came, one catch came in the last two minutes of the first half, a little two-minute drill action, and the rest were in the second half. So basically, Marshawn Lattimore shuts him down. All the time. Whatever the number is, under, under. Like, we want it to be at least 65, but he's had uh, five games over 75 yards this year, so it might even be higher. So, under, Mike Evans receiving yards, whatever the number is, bounce back. Under. I like it. I'm going to put that in for sure, Paul. All right. yeah, I like that one, and I think Antonio Brown could be coming back. Gronk is only getting closer to coming back, so a lot more passing targets there for Tom Brady and then uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their matchup against the New Orleans Saints. A uh, big-time matchup there in the NFC South where they're looking like them being the only teams that really have a chance at the playoffs. Obviously, the Buccaneers look like they'll be in there. So a lot of money was made over the past couple of weeks here on Colts and moved between our DFS picks, survivor picks, and our best bets. Hopefully, we do that again this week. Check us out next week 
We'll come back and review and predict what happens in week number nine. That's the key to leave. I'm Harrison Sanford. Shout out to Ian Hardage. Shout out to Paul. Shout out to Thomas as well, working behind the scenes. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.